Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. <laughs> you know who he's talking about when he says the people's champ is ready to talk? Everybody thinks that's uh, The Rock talking about himself. No, all along it was probably uh, his uh, fortune telling of me, the Fantasy Jester. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Yes, this is the Fantasy Jester show, and I am he, the Fantasy Jester. Welcome to another great night. It is uh, currently 85 and on and off showers in D-Land, Florida. We'd like to welcome everybody aboard and uh, enjoy the show. Enjoy. Uh, we've got an interesting one. We're getting back to basics a little bit more uh, tonight, get a little bit more uh, of all mix of sports. All hell's broken loose with the wrestling with us, so, you know, um, we went a little crazy. Uh, Tonight, we're going to go into our NBA coverage of the draft, our NHL coverage of the draft. We're going to talk about fantasy uh, baseball pickups uh, that you should know about. We will eventually get to uh, Bill Crude, talk a little bit about the WWE, talk a little bit about uh, the MFW, Mid-Florida Wrestling, and, uh, you know... I want to go ahead and start out my rant by uh, making it an anti-rant tonight. Uh, Recently, we uh, did a show, a wrestling show, to help gain awareness to uh, a young man's battle, Gary Ruat. And uh, on Change.org, when this whole battle started uh, and when I was brought in, uh, a month ago on Change.org, there was a... Petition started, we need the FDA to lower the age limit for gene therapy before it's too late. For a young man losing his uh, sight to livers, and uh, we need to get more and more signatures, folks. It is on change.org. In that month, we've gotten 65,547 strong. As of this morning, I checked the numbers. We need more. We need more signatures. A young man is about to lose his eyesight, and it can be avoided. There's a cure. There's, there's help. Not a complete cure, because they only do one eye. But a 16-year-old boy needs your help. Parents of that boy are watching their young man day by day lose his eyesight, and the FDA stand by. We're going to ask you, contact Amy Wright. She is the consumer safety officer at the FDA. That's who this petition is going to. And it can be aided by anybody who sends an email to Amy Wright, consumer safety officer at the FDA. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold these notes until the end of the show and make sure I repeat this to you. So if you you don't have a pen and paper, and I've gone too quickly on this, I want to make sure you get it at the end of the show. I will give it to you again. Have a piece of paper and a pen handy. We really appreciate it. We're close. 
We're getting there. And time is of the essence. The gene replacement therapy, the program, you have to be in one year after being diagnosed. We have until the end of the year, folks. We have enough signatures. We can get the case heard and get this reversed before this boy goes permanently blind. These parents, imagine being the parents standing by and watching. We need your help. Please, piece of paper and a pen, and literally, it takes you less than a minute to sign the petition. Wouldn't you want somebody giving your child less than a minute of their time if you were in that position? Tonight, folks, we're going to bring JT. And uh, the first topic we're going to go into uh, tonight is uh, fantasy baseball and uh, what you need to know. Coming People that are coming up, people that you should be looking at. You have a hole in your roster or maybe you're deep at a position and you feel that maybe if I knew somebody coming up, I could make a trade. We're going to help you with that tonight. All of this, the Fantasy Justice Show is brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com. Love that. FantasyJusticeSports.com, folks. Your kingdom for everything fantasy sports and more. 888.com is on the site. You've heard me say it before. What's keeping you from signing up today through PayPal and getting your $30? That's right. Right on our front cover page, 888.com is right there. Reebok is on the front page. I have to tell you what Reebok has. Uh, Welcome to planet Earth. We have sportsintegrity.com at the bottom of the cover page. All your sports memorabilia, signed memorabilia too, all that you could want right at the bottom of the page. On every sports page, we have their shop. NHL has the NHL. NBA has NBA. NFL has NFL. MLB has guess what? MLB. How about that? At the bottom of the NFL page, though, right now, there's still time left. They have some items still on there, 70% off. Go to the Fantasy Jester page. Go to one of the NFL articles, and at the bottom of the article, you'll click on, and you'll see 70% off. It's still going on. Not much longer is the word on that. Without any further ado, I am going to bring in my esteemed colleague. The one, the only, Jason Townsend. JT, how are you tonight, sir? Chester, I'm feeling good. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm in, a, I'm in a mood, Dave, a bad mood, a very bad mood. I was fired from my ice cream truck job today. No more budget calls. Oh, God. That's it. No more fudge signals. Well, what happened to the fudge signals, man? Goose Fabra. Well, what happened? No more fudge signals. I got fired. Ah, uh, stealing boxes I, I, again on your day off? Oh, he has a different movie. My attorneys asked me not to speak on it. It's an ongoing if investigation. Anyone can get you to follow a gag order. I, I'd like to meet this person. <laughs> How are you tonight, sir? 
Um, not doing too bad. Looking forward to uh, some baseball talk, NBA talk. Uh, Bill Crude, always look forward to him. So uh, it should be a good show. Yeah, yeah, we've got a, a little bit more, a little bit more back to what we do. You know, we talk a little bit about every sport, and you know, we throw in that little stupid humor every once in a while. But uh, a little bit more back to normal. We got things going nicely, and uh, sure, let's talk some baseball for everybody. JT, uh, we're going to talk about some fantasy baseball pickups, a pitcher, hitters. Uh, I have one of each. I have a hitter and a pitcher, and uh, I'm sure, JT, what do you have? Let's let's go with you first on this subject. I'll start with a batter, a guy that's in ESPN League's 28.8% owned uh, second baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays, Devin Travis, over his last 15 days, batting 364, a couple home runs, 10 RBIs, um, don't understand why what this guy did last year before their injury, uh, why more people aren't on to him. He's in a, in a position that's generally considered weak in fantasy baseball uh, and in a fantastic ballpark and a fantastic lineup to put up fantasy stats. So uh, definitely Devin Travis is somebody that I think more people should get a look at. Uh, that's, uh, that is 100% true from a bunch of standpoints. And the biggest one, just because of the lineup that he's in as well and where he sits in that lineup. Uh, but the idea also is that <laughs> it's hard to disagree with the guy I almost gave. I had it down huh. to the last two. Yeah. I had it down to the last two and I had, forgo- I almost forgot that I said, uh, a hitter and a pitcher and I almost gave two hitters. And it was uh, it was this it was uh, Devin Travis and uh, my guy uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, he's the uh, first round pick of the Yankees. He's still in the uh, he's still in the minors, twenty four years old. And in the last ten games, he's really started to pick it up for Triple A Scranton. Uh, uh, yeah, Scranton. He's in uh, three fifty three batting average, five home runs. Nine RBIs in the last 10 games. He's really, really starting to come around nice. And there's a lot of talk about Carlos Beltran uh, being moved. And as soon as that happens, that'll that'll create room for Aaron Judge. Aaron Hicks uh, has tried. They've given him a slight opportunity to play some. He's not exactly what they're looking for. They want to keep him more at the utility spot. So Aaron Judge is going to be coming up, and a lot of people have uh, shot him down when I first mentioned him to a couple of people about his K rate of 23.9% and his contact rate of 73%. I, uh, I do have one interesting uh, comment on that. If you're worried about K rate and contact and 23.9 K rate and a 73% contact rate isn't good for you, then last year you're telling me Mike Trout was no good for you too. Because that was his K rate. 23.2 right there with him. His contact rate, 73%. So, you know, some of those numbers that a lot of people like to look at and say that, that is fantasy relevant. K-rate is not. Sorry. Yeah, you can strike out. I don't care if you're striking out 30% of the times. It doesn't matter. If you're a 300 hitter, you're a 300 hitter. If you're missing or you're walking or this, that, the other, whatever it makes to be a 300 hitter is still a 300 hitter. 
I don't care if you're doing it by fly ball every time or ground ball. It really doesn't make a difference. So I'm giving you him. Jeff, He's coming. You, you know I'm going to have to say it, though. It does matter if your name's Joey Gallo, though, and it's a 43.5% K rate because you've only had one at bat this season in the majors. It matters. Yeah, well, my point, though, is, you're, you're, yeah, no, 43% matters. 43% matters at a batting average of 257. No, absolutely. And Judge, I don't it, disagree with you on Judge. He looks like a you know, 6'8 uh, power hitter who had a rough May, but a huge June, if I'm not mistaken. And he, I mean, he really turned it around. Turned around. He's gotten used to AAA. He's, he knows... He, he knows what's expected of him, and he's he's starting to perform. And now it's giving the Yankees the opportunity to say, okay, we can move Beltran. We can move his contract, get the young outfielder up, ready, let's get him going. And uh, you also have uh, him up and ready just in case Tex doesn't, you know, stay healthy. I mean, Mark Teixeira is having problems, and so you're going to need his bat, folks. The Yankees are going to need his bat. They've got the pen. They're, su- they're starting pitching to me. I'm a Yankee fan, and they're starting pitching a sub- suspect. So to pull, bring up a young, strong bat in Yankee Stadium, a hitters-friendly uh, park, why wouldn't you? You know, if you can move Beltran at this point. Well, that is my hitter. And for pitcher, what I'm going to do is have- – I'm going to go first on pitcher. Let me, let me throw think, something out there real quick before you start on your pitcher. Real quick, one last bat. Throw something, brought up pitcher, today, I get you. Brought up today, 13th overall pick in the 2011 draft, center fielder Brandon Nemo from the Mets. Conforto uh, got sent back down to the minors. Kid's not a power hitter. You know, he's only got five home runs this year, but he is a 328, uh, 328 average, great plate discipline which should definitely benefit him, you know, singles, doubles, gap hitter. So something to look at if you need a, a center fielder now. I looked. I kept walking. And if you see, I don't exactly, folks, I'm talking about on my team right now, in, in this one particular league, I have Hamilton at center, and I have Para waiting on the DL to go for the center spot. Um and I still didn't pick up Nemo, so uh, I'd, I'd pump your brakes on the Nemo tip, me personally, but whichever. Yeah, who wants a 328 hitter? Yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big bat kind of guy, and if you notice, once I made that trade for the bat, how my team has uh, turned it around, I went that light what bat place? stuff. It didn't work. Yeah, what, what place? What place is that? Uh, that's right, because I went that route and was in ninth place, and now all of a sudden I haven't lost a week since I brought those power bats on my lineup, if you noticed. Well, you, will, you will be losing next week, but that's become a I cannot an wait. annual thing. I cannot. Uh, Folks, it's become an annual know. thing when you play me, so it's tradition. Here's the thing. I don't normally feel cocky about um, when I face JT in this league. JT's been playing in the league. It's a long, a long time. It's a keeper league. It's 25 categories. I've been playing in it. This is my fourth season, right? Yeah, my fourth season. Yeah, fourth season. And uh, it's a great league. It's a tough league. It's a great league to be in. I have a lot of fun. And uh, pretty much when we match up, no matter how I've done during the season, whenever I match up with JT, 
uh, he is like my damn kryptonite, and I can't. No, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm going to be honest about it. He really is. I, I, he manages to kick my ass just about every time we match up in this league. Uh, but here's the thing. I think I got you next week. I think I think I like can do it. You said I that nine weeks ago before we played. This is true, but I, I am the optimist, sir. <laughs> you will not catch me down on myself. I think, no, I think we. I think my team has truly turned the corner. It is definitely not the same team you faced nine weeks ago. That's for sure. Well, neither is mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But your team has stayed where it is and hasn't gained that first spot yet, has it? Well, actually, I believe when I played you, I was in fifth place, and now I'm in second place. I helped you on that, see? Don't you say thank you? Well, yeah, no, you did. You did. You you definitely did help me on that, so I have to say, I can't take that from you. What are friends for? What are friends for? If I can't do it, if I can't do it, shouldn't my co-host do it? Because if I'm not doing it and my co-host isn't doing this, one of us has has to go, and we got to get the guy in here. And since my name's on the show, I know I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I got to stick around. Although, you, I know you tried not to, but gotcha. Well, you, you and Bill. You and Bill. But, no, seriously, back to this, folks. Uh, I have a pitcher, Sung Won Ho. Sung Won Ho. Korean pitcher. He's a rookie at 33 years old. Now, I just think that's funny because the rookie is 33 years old. He could actually re- win rookie of the year, although he's got 277 saves under his belt. Things aren't uh, – going too well there in uh, St. Louis for their uh, closer. There's a lot of talk. There's going to be a change. And why not bring in a guy who so far in 38 innings has let up only one homer, eight base on balls, 51 strikes in 38 innings. He's currently uh, has 14 holds. They have him in high leverage position, all right, just short of the closer role. And here uh, in America, he currently has a 1.66 ERA, a .79 whip, and a 12.08 K per nine. And here's the thing you wonder because, you know, again, he's 33 years old. Is he just happened to, you know, have a hot streak? Is this normally what he does? In Korea, his ERA was 1.69. Here it's 1.66. His whip here is 0.79. In Korea, it was 0.84. So, I mean, he's doing what he does. And, you know, I, I'm i going to kill this because it's Korean. But, I mean, his nickname there was Koot Pung Wang which means final boss. He was given that name because he was so good at closing out games over there. And right now, as they're having closing problems, who could they go to? Their rookie? You know, not everybody wants to put a rookie as a closer, but this guy's 33 years old, 277 saves. He's not a rookie. He'll be in there. I I don't think it's going to be more than a week or two He's going to be your, he's going to be uh, the closer coming out of that pen. Who do you have, JT? And, and what do you think well, about? Oh, well, yeah. Just so I could get my pump your brakes on someone in there. The last time the Jester 
recommended the Korean player Byung Young Park, which I believe his uh, nickname is Ooflong Du. Um, how how how's he working out for you? I don't trust those Korean players, man. The major leagues is a totally different different ball game, apparently. Here's why I feel differently, and and you bring up a good point because uh, Bung Ho Park was uh, was was not exactly. Don't worry, we were both wrong him. on him. I'll admit that we both we both saw big things for him, so I I, I can't he, give you all the blame on that one. And you know. I was a little blind on that because I didn't have any uh, major league baseball experience to judge him on. I have 38 innings of work so far and a guy who's got 12 K per nine. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, I have a little bit of a body of work and it just so happens that little bit of body of work lines up exactly with what he was doing in Korea. So, I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit more confident about this one than I was Park going into it because I didn't have any major league baseball experience with Park yet because he hadn't played yet. So that's the uh, that's the difference for me between those two. No, and I mean you know the guy looks like he's a pretty good pitcher. Um, and let's be realistic too, though. I mean I know Rosenthal gave it up last night to Adam Lynn with a two-run homer to lose the game. That is only his third blown save of the season. I do know the ERA is a little higher than it should be. Um, but, yeah, O definitely punches him out. He he seems like he's going to be a good pitcher. The guy I went with is uh, Bud Norris, starting pitcher for the Atlanta Braves, only owned in 3.5% of the leagues. Uh, ever since they moved him back out of the bullpen into the rotation, uh, last 15 days, 17 innings, uh, six earned, 19 Ks, it's a 3.12 ERA, uh, 1.0, or one win, no losses, and a 9.37 Ks per nine. And the Braves are already talking about trading him to uh, quite a few contenders are are looking at his services now. And this was a guy who had a awfully high pedigree when he came up as a rookie several years ago. So maybe one of those late bloomers that you can uh, get relief pitcher and starting pitcher eligibility at as well. So look, I look for him to be trading. The Braves have traded anyone and everyone at this point that has any value. So, you know, that I, uh, would be somebody that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a solid arm that somebody's going to pick up and make uh, their number. You know, he'll, he's going to fill somebody's hole. Somebody's gap there at, at number three. He's a good three, right. four guy. Okay. Uh, you're not going to look at the top end of the rotation, but you look in middle, Third, your your third guy. If you can pull your third guy out, and it's Bud, you're doing fine. You're not doing too right. bad. And I, I since didn't. I don't since I, since I don't have any uh, foreign nicknames for him, one last guy to think about since the Astros are starting to fulfill their promise uh, and starting to look like that team we all thought to go to the World Series. A uh, yeah. guy that's owned at only 31.6 percent of the leagues, Colin McHugh, uh, last 15 days, 13 innings. Uh, 12 Ks, 1.98 ERA, just under 8 Ks per nine. Uh, you know that whole team looks like it's starting to regain its form. So, you know, maybe another guy you can look at if you need starting pitcher help. Possibly a team that started reading that off-season press and came out of the gate a little slow, but eventually the talent takes over there, and he he is a quality arm and uh, somebody good to pick up. And yeah, they've got the offense there. Once they get rolling, he, you can. You can rattle off several W's 
You even have, oh, they're, they're, they're all over there. They're all over the World Series champs this series. They're playing in them. So I know they hung 13 on them last night. And uh, last time I checked today, it was, again, wasn't even close. 7 nothing already in the third inning, Houston. So that offense is starting to roll. All righty, folks. Well, that was a little bit of baseball for you. Hope you enjoyed. We are uh, we're moving right along. We're trying to follow our format now that we're under. Our producer has Hi, folks. Doing Fantasy Jesse here to talk about BreadFromYourBed.com, and I am with Ethan, the son of the owner, Joey from BreadFromYourBed.com. Say hello, Ethan. Hello. And how old are you? Four. Okay, Ethan, thanks. Uh, we'll get back to you in one minute. And here's a little bit about BreadFromYourBed.com. They're both a business services website and a personal finance blog. They discuss ways for people to make extra money from home, and they offer a wide variety of services for your businesses. If you need more traffic for your website, if you need social media management or marketing, if you need a website built, or if you just want to make some extra money online, these are the guys to do it. They have worked and provided results for clients ranging from small to big, and will show you some of those results, including the statistics and the numbers I highly encourage you to check them out if you're looking for help for your business to grow or you're looking to learn how to make some extra money from home. Ethan, where should people go if they're looking for a website? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking for social media management? Bedfromthebed.com And where should people go if they're looking to make some extra money? Bedfromthebed.com and where should people go to get help starting a business? BedFromYourBed.com All right. And if uh, they want to work from home, where should people go? Um, BedFromYourBed.com All right, Ethan. One more time, let me ask you. If they want to spend more time with their kids, where should parents go? Um, BedFromYourBed.com That's right, folks. BreadFromYourBed.com Ah, uh, there he is, Ethan. A lot of people like it. Uh, we get a lot of emails on, on him. He, uh, not a trained actor, but you wouldn't know it. He's uh, he's quite the character. Um, anyway, folks. Next up, what we want to get to is uh, our coverage of the NBA draft. JT, because we had the NBA draft and the NHL draft, uh, we're splitting up the coverage. JT is going to bring you through the NBA draft. I'm going to have a couple of words, my own on it. And then after that, I'm going to go through the NHL draft uh, with you all. So JT, you've had a chance to take a look at the draft. You've watched the NBA draft and what'd you come away with? Um, I would say this was one of the more predictable drafts, including some of the, you know, no big trades, most of the guys went where where people thought they were going to go or, or, you know, players, you know, went where they thought they should. Um, one team in particular, though, that I think really, really dropped the ball were the Orlando Magic uh, trading Victor Oladipo, uh, Ursuline Ilyasova, and the kid they drafted 11, Arvita Sabonis' kid, um, to the Orlando – or, excuse me, to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Serge Ibaka. I like Serge, all-star player, but he blocks Aaron Gordon from getting on the floor, which was one of their top picks just a couple years ago. 
and he's basically nothing more than a one-year rental. So, uh, and I mean, right now I understand Kevin Durant is an unrestricted free agent, but if he resigns with with that team, think about Westbrook, Oladipo, and Durant as a big three. Uh, Oladipo, one of the more underrated players, I think, in the league, just because he does play in Orlando. It's not a whole lot of media attention down there to the Magic. So, um, you know, kudos to Oklahoma City for that. As far as the actual draft picks go, uh, I would have to say Phoenix Suns come out of this uh, smelling like roses. You know, they get the top foreign player in Dragon Bender. They uh, make a trade to get Marquise Chris, the uh, power forward that basically just jumps out of the gym from uh, Washington Huskies. Then you get the point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats, Tyler Eulis, uh, a guy that reminds me a lot of Eric Bledsoe. So they came out of that draft really, uh, really strong. Up at the top, you know, Boston, everybody thought with Boston having eight picks, they would make some big trade to acquire a, a Paul George or maybe a Jimmy Butler. But uh, nothing happened on that front. So, you know, Boston moved around the draft board a little bit here and there. Uh, overall, had a good, solid draft. Um, I would say, you know, give it an A minus, a B. Jalen Brown, the freshman out of California, uh, silky smooth on the floor, runs the floor well, plays defense, has a nice pull up jumper, but uh, really creates his own shot. So, you know, Boston, you've always kind of thought of Boston as a lethargic uh, half court team. This guy's a, a full court player, so, you know, look for them to press him. So, all in all, uh, pretty uneventful draft, but. It was some of the moves, you know, the Lakers getting the big Croatian center in 32. Um, the funny thing about him was there were teams in the teens that were contacting this kid's agent and saying, hey, you know, we want to draft you, but we want to stash you in Europe for a year. And uh, Zubik basically said, no, I want to come to America next year. And the first team that said they would bring him was his team that he grew up a fan of, being the Lakers. So seven foot one, 260-pound center that – a lot of people saw as a late lottery pick. So good move for LA. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, I was going to get into uh, LA and uh, we also have somebody I had, I had put it out there today on Twitter and uh, on Facebook that if anybody wanted to call in during this segment to have him call on in. And we had somebody on the line here. He is uh, the, the producer's note on it is it's about the magic. So, uh, Caller, you're live on the Fantasy Justice Show. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, of course. My name's Scott. Uh, I'm from uh, Sanford, Sanford, Florida. Hey, what's up, How you Scott? Doing? Well, great, you great. had something I about the Magic? Curious. You're a Magic fan? Yes, sir. I'm curious what you guys' input is on uh, the Ibaka and the trade with the Magic. Yeah, I well, me personally, I I I can't believe they traded all the depot in this. Uh, Sabonis also looked like he might be a sixth or seventh man, at, you know, this season, next season, but could develop into a, you know, a good strong four. But I just don't understand this move. You get rid of Victor, Ilyasova started to turn around. I look like the guy he was a couple years ago towards the end last year. Sabonis is gone. You bring back Serge, who I'm a big fan of, but he blocks Aaron Gordon from being able to get on the floor. And he's a one-year rental. He's not staying in Orlando after the season. Everything I've read says he wants to play in San Antonio. So, you know, that's I feel kind of I feel kind of like the Magic. I took in that deal. 
Yeah, the the thing is going to be a, 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 the bottom line. See, I I, I follow the magic, uh, Scott. I I live here in Florida, uh, not too far from you actually, and um, I do follow the magic. And it's one of those trades that uh, at first I looked at it and. I wasn't that crazy about it, to be honest with you. But then you take a look at some of the things there, what they have in place and where, what they could be looking at and who see, you got to remember, there's still free agents out there. Can you get Abaka signed? Yeah, he's got one year. What happens after that one year? Can you get him to like Orlando? Uh, that's yet to be determined. But from a talent standpoint and how he fits in, you got Vuk at center. Vuk's not playing defense. So he's, he's a good – yeah, he's good fit there, all right? Let Vuk take care of the offensive end. Let Abaka take care of the defensive end, okay? You can uh, have Aaron Gordon go to small forward. You have the uh, six-foot-eight Croatian, 21 years old, Mario uh, Hizonia, that can go to shooting guard along with Fournier. Now, remember one thing, okay? Uh, if I remember correctly, and I could be a little bit off on this, but towards the end of the season, they gave Hazonia uh, 39 minutes in a game. He scored just uh, almost like 20. He had like seven dimes and five steals and, I don't know, a couple of rebounds, all this. First time getting big minutes. So he was their first-round pick. They are expecting big things from him. So then you go ahead and then you've got Peyton and Jennings at, at point guard. Now you're really just looking for maybe a, a, another small forward just in case Gordon doesn't, doesn't uh, succeed there for whatever reason. And, and as a backup, you got guys like Evan Turner out there. That's available. You got guys like Kent Bazemore out there that is still available. So if the Magic can re-sign Abaka, back get a get somebody else at small forward through free agency, I'm not that that. Listen, this is a talented club. Fournier is not that bad at, uh, at shooting guard himself. This, this isn't a bad team. They've been poorly coached. I'm not crazy about seeing Oladipo go. Don't get me wrong. I'm not crazy about it at all. But to match it with the talent that you have and what you're missing as a team, you're missing toughness on the defensive end. Now you have it. So I hope that answers Absolutely. your question, Scott. It does, it does. I'm feeling good about the season, for sure. Good, good. Definitely an improvement. Oladipo, we're going to miss him, but all right, buddy. Take care. Yeah, no, thank you very much, uh, Scott, for calling in. We appreciate the call, uh, folks. Again, if you want to talk anything on the show with us, NBA, uh, right now we're taking the NBA calls, 657-383-0371. I looked at the NBA. I'm just going to go on it real quick. Um, about the uh, draft, and I thought the uh, Lakers were one of the winners. You know, it was going to kill me to come on here because I thought you were going to come in here uh, all ready for bear with your Lakers. No, I mean, I'm happy. I'm very happy with our draft. But, you know, I looked at some of these other things, and and real quick, with your breakdown, Orlando, 
Aaron Gordon's tried to play the small forward position uh, already in his career, and he was an absolute liability at that. I don't see how you take Evan Fournier off the floor uh, either. Evan Fournier should be six foot seven, two hundred five, has inside game, outside game, can create shots for others. Is actually a pretty good offensive rebounder uh, for someone his size. You know, that's somebody that I think needs to be at the small forward position. I think, if anything, Aaron Gordon comes off the bench. Yeah, that's fine with me. However they want to work it out with those three there, but you're still going to need one more guy. You're going to well, need, I agree. You still need either. And like I said, you can get decent guys, decent enough to fill what the, what the magic need is. Cheap. Evan Turner's cheap. Kent Bazemore's cheap. I'm not telling you to go out – at small forward and get Durant, you're not going to be able to get him anyway, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as far as you say in the Lakers, yeah, Lakers had a great draft. I, you know, I mean, you had the second pick overall and you take the guy that honestly, I think should have gone one. Um, I'm not saying Simmons is going to be a great player. I just, I don't know something about his game. His shot is terrible. Uh, I don't think he's going to find it as easy to get to the basket in the NBA as he uh, did in LSU, but continue on. Yeah, no, I, I look at the center that they got, like you had mentioned. Look at last year and the, the the lottery pick last year and the lottery pick the year before that. They've got D'Angelo Russell, Julius Randle. Randle this year came around nicely. What's yeah, he, he going to progress into? What's he going to progress into? You know, so I thought they were one of the winners. Sacramento, I mean, um, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I have no idea. They needed some help on the back end of the floor, and it's tough when your star player, when DeMarcus Cousins tweets, Lord, give me strength after their draft pick. Yeah, that was a little telling. <sighs> He, you know, I understand how he feels and, and maybe, you know, but one of the things that he doesn't know is the inner workings of the team. And some of the stars don't take that into the, into account too, that maybe they know what they're doing. Maybe they're planning on moving Kufos. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they're planning on moving cousins and he doesn't know yet. I mean, <laughs> you'd never know. You never know, but it was the idea of him giving the Lord give me strength, and, and then the next pick, uh, the Malachi Richardson, the kid out of Jersey. He had a reaction I haven't seen since Zach Levine uh, slapped his head onto the desk. He just looked so forlorn. He was like, "Oh damn, I got picked by them, really?" You know, it was just—it's uh, funny as hell. It was—it was funny. Well, let me ask you this real quick: uh, the box at ten, Fawn Maker. Um, a lot of guys were concerned that he's not really 19, that he could be more 22 or 23. You know, it's, um, we have a Danny Almonte situation again from back in the Little League World Series all those years ago. Um, you know, power forward center, they say the kid's got extreme raw talent, raw ability. Um, but at this point, if you're Milwaukee, and you've already said that Monroe just doesn't fit what Jason Kidd wants to do at that position, I mean – I don't see taking another project. I guess that position just seems, uh, it seems like another classic Milwaukee move is just tease the fans, you know, potential is what gets coaches fired. My point being, I think Jason Kidd will be the first guy looking for work this year. 
be interesting. Gonna be it'll be an interesting gonna be an interesting off season in both uh NBA and NHL this year. But uh no, I just think like I said, I was prepared for you to come out going Laker crazy. Oh, I'm I'm I, mean, like I said I'm psyched with our draft. It's just, you know, there were other teams I thought that had other interesting drafts depending on how you looked at it. One last one for you. Chris Dunn yeah. going to Minnesota. Ricky Rubio might as well pack his bags Rubio. Now. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> Rubio, and, and that's a shame, too, because he's not that bad. I like Rubio. Nope. I, I mean. He's just a little too fragile. Just a, yeah, and and now he's got some trade value. He still has some trade value, and they were able to upgrade that position. So they'll end up upgrading two positions off of it. It was a good, it, it was a good move. They had to, they had to grab him, you know, first round of the draft. You, you're grabbing best player on the board, or at least you should be. Well, and so, you notice they grabbed the best player on the board that's already got experience playing with the best player from last year's drafting, Carl Anthony Towns. So. Shrewd move by Minnesota. Well, gonna be good. Gonna be good, folks. Next up, we've got to uh, talk about one of our other sponsors. Again, getting used to our new format, and we've got sponsors we're going to be bringing in, and all the new stuff we've been telling you is coming. It's coming. We can't talk all the time. We actually have to uh, start paying the bills. So. Our next one is Deep Obsession Charters. Ryan Walton, who's been on the show a couple of times, has now started Deep Obsession Charters. You're going to be able to go ahead and go scuba diving, some gorgeous reef diving, wreck diving, boat wrecks. We heard about the plane wreck. Uh, JT, we heard about that plane wreck. Yeah. Uh, I, I could only imagine seeing that uh, underwater and the reefs that are built off of that. But... That's not all he does, folks. If you want, you'll have the opportunity. And again, I say if you want, you can dive and uh, go ahead and be with the sharks. You can actually take pictures with the sharks. You can uh, pretty much dance with the sharks because you can reach out and touch them and there's nothing stopping you. He doesn't do it with a cage. He does you it think on you're his- allowed to brush their teeth? You know, he's got a couple of shots. Folks, Deep Obsession Charters, Facebook, Twitter, every every little bit of social media out there, just look them up. Deep Obsession Charters, Ryan Walton. He's got some pictures. I mean, he's got his hands right on their mouth. He's dancing with the, the one, literally dancing with it. And, and they're just having fun. And these are sharks that come back. Time and time again, they got names. Oh, yeah, look, there, there's this one, and there's so-and-so, and they've got all their names. Uh, Mrs. Jester's going on the dive in August, folks. I mean, it, it's absolutely fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Uh, again, deep obsession charters. All right, folks, enough of paying the bills. Let's get back to the good stuff here. You know, I'd rather be telling you uh, stats are a joke. Stats are a joke, uh, either one. Uh, right now, what we're going to do, moving right along in our show, as uh, we get ready to go to the NHL draft, this is where I like to go. This is this is where, you know, 
I like to make sure everybody You're on my side time. of the armrest. We're not going to have problems, are we? Oh. My side of the uh, my side of the ice, if you will. Now, as much as I'd like to talk about my Devils and their draft, uh, I'll get to them. I'll get to them. Uh, what I'd like to do is I'm not just going to go. Uh, listen, we know who will went first. Okay, I really don't care about that. I'm talking about the steals of the draft. You know, Tyson Yost, he's a center. Colorado picked him up with the 10th pick overall. To me, was the steal of the draft for a forward. You're talking about a guy, 48 games. Now, here, for you stat people and for you fantasy players, 48 games, 104 points we're talking superstar numbers 42 goals in 48 games you might want to pay attention to the new center in Colorado next up the sixth pick has some he's got a good background Matthew Kachuk now his dad played Solid power forward, his dad. Not not as much grit as his dad. He went left. He's a left wing. Matthew is a left wing. He went to Calgary. Now he's going to be playing for Calgary, but he is a stout guy. Good base. Good strong on his skates. He's not quick. Like you know, his first step isn't exactly the quickest, but he still has decent speed for a big guy. So you know, you think of your power forwards like Andrew Ladd. Guys, guys like that. If you have Lad, you like Lad. He's on your teams. Here's another one just like him. Look for the same production numbers. And he's going to be perfect. I mean, he is the perfect complement that they could have gotten to go with Johnny Goudreau and Monaghan. Two smaller guys. Now they got somebody that's going to work the corner. Somebody that's going to come back. See, Kachuk isn't just about being a good power forward, not just about the forecheck, not just about setting his man up, okay? He's also good at the back end. He's fantastic at lifting the defender's stick. So, you know, good two-way player. Probably going to lead to a good plus-minus rating for him, too. If your league counts plus-minus, that's probably a good guy to have. He's on a top-scoring line. He's got, he's got snipers with him, and he's defensively responsible, probably going to lead to a good plus-minus rating overall. Again, left-wing Calgary. Move over to defense now, a couple of guys that were picked up, and they were defenders that went one right after the other. The 16th pick overall uh, is J- uh, Jacob Ch- Cherchun. You know, I always mess that kid's name up. Some of the names this year in the draft, it was just killer. But uh, he's the defenseman for Arizona, 16th pick overall. They are comparing him. Here are the four names. When people talk about this kid, what kind of defensive player and and offensive responsibility he's going to be. They're talking about Aaron Ekblad. They're talking about Latang. At worst, a Zach Bogosian, a Jack Johnson. So you're talking about a franchise defender. There's really 
zero cracks in this kid's game. You know, the thing is, is he was talked, his talent base, how good his talent level is. He was talked about with, same as the first pick overall, Austin Matthews. You know, he's in the same conversation with him. Uh, his problem is, is every once in a while, because you ever see the talented player that takes the chances that nobody else would even dream of just because he could think that he could make it? Uh, every once in a while, he does that. But he does, he fires the puck, he hits hard, he plays all zones. And he's a shutdown D. He's going to shut down the other team's top defenseman. So that was a nice pick right there for Arizona. They needed a, a, a good, solid defenseman. Uh, my, me personally, uh, uh, nothing against the guys out there right now, but uh, ever since the uh, Yandel left, okay, they, they haven't had anybody I, I like personally. Uh, following right up after that pick, the 17th pick overall was Dante uh, Fabro. Uh, Nashville picked him up. He's going to go to Boston University first, so you got a little bit of time on him. You can pick him up if you if you want in your uh, dynasty leagues. Good pickup there. He's a top four defender, possible franchise guy. He's uh, listed as elite hockey sense, fantastic positioning, skates like a madman. I mean, he is really great, great skater. And uh, his passing, they consider it laser point passing. So, I mean, he, he's up there on your top four defenders in Nashville. Nashville just has a knack for defensive. Absolutely uh, love some of their pickups that they have over the years and, and guys that they've traded off, too. I'm sorry. I happen to be a Seth Jones uh, fan myself. I don't know oh, yeah. how you feel about him, JT. Um, no, absolutely. They, they, it's their factory there for the for defensemen. I agree with you completely. And just real quick before I get your impressions on the uh, on the hockey draft, uh, I, I do want to touch on my Devils. They picked up Michael McLeod in, with the twelfth pick. Now, my problem with the Devils is this, uh, and they need finishers. They are solid in goal. They've got a young, solid core of defensemen. I happen to like what's coming with the Devils defensively. But to me, they need finishers. And this kid's not a finisher. He's supposed to be the best skater in the draft. Don't get me wrong. He has ridiculous acceleration. All right. Uh, He's got an average shot, but his hockey IQ is off the chart, and so is his work ethic. Now he's six foot two, and you know here's the thing about it: he's being compared. The the one comparison that I read was Dylan Larkin. Now here's one thing, though, folks: when you hear that comparison between him and Dylan Larkin, I would have found that more credible if I didn't read Dylan Larkin comparisons to about four different players in the draft. Uh, I guess that was the everybody's go-to. Yeah, everybody's go-to guy. Uh, but to me, they, they picked up a, a guy who's not a sniper. They need a sniper. They picked up a center. Uh, they picked up a center last year with Pavel Zaka. They already have Henrique and Zajac. So uh, I didn't know what the great need was there. I'm hoping that they picked up Bo Bennett for the 77th pick overall. They picked up Bo Bennett from Pittsburgh, the right wing. I'm hoping he turns into something. He's a former 20th pick overall that 
Shiro had picked up and, you know, he never found time on Pittsburgh and he never, uh, he had some couple of stupid injuries. He caught a puck in the wrist one time, broken wrist, hurt shoulder here. So he hasn't had a time to get going yet. He's only uh, 20, 23 or 24 years old, 24 years old. He was drafted in uh, 2011, 20 overall. So, you know, they picked him up for a 77th pick. Could he be something? Possibly. Uh, he's got a, He's got the talent there. Uh, can he stay healthy? And what kind of time is he going to get on the Devils? He's a right wing. They really needed left wings. Again, he picked up a right wing there. Uh, he picked up another right wing in the draft. Nathan, uh, second round right wing, Nathan Bastion, 6'3", 207. Meanwhile, we need left wings. So, I, I don't know. We're st- we have right wings. He picked up more right wings. We have centers. He picked up centers. Uh, we needed left wings, folks, but that, that's my report. Sorry if I don't sound really thrilled about it. When your team doesn't do what you wanted them to do, it, it's a draft that you're just like, yeah, all right, it was a nice draft. I'll see you next year, son of a bitch. Go ahead, JT. Can you tell I'm really disappointed <laughs> in my team? You, I'm not going to hide it. When they it. do well, yeah, I'm not the typical you know, man. Listen. You sound it, too. I mean, you're, you're hiding it very well. Well, here, let me post one of somebody else for you make make you feel a little better since I live here in Columbus. Jackets, okay, what ahead. are you doing? I mean, Jackets, what are you doing? Uh, the big knock on you guys has always been you don't have an elite scorer. So mm-hmm. the first two picks go by just like they're expected to, no problem. You know, the the Jackets are up on the board, and instead of uh, – Jesse Pugliarvi, who many people are comparing to Oilers legend Yari Curry. For those that know that name, you'll you'll know uh, exactly what I'm talking about there. Hold on, hold on one they second. Took, hold on. What what was the kid's name from that uh, Columbus got that Columbus passed on? Oh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, and no, no. What was the name the uh, the one that Edmonton got? Oh, uh, Pugliarvi. Nice, nice. See, folks, here's the thing. Uh, before the show, we were talking about how neither one of us wanted to have to say that name, and I got out of it. <laughs> you did all right, though. I can't complain. No, he did all right. Well, I, I was hoping I was hoping I could get him on one of the times. Now he's got it. All right. Well, you know, you gave it a shot. But, uh, you know, when you're compared to Yari Curry, who's a uh, Hall of Fame player, you know, that's something. No expectations, that, that huh? Yeah, no expectations. But if you could have seen the look on this kid's face when they called uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' name instead, um, not to mention Columbus was not able to make a single trade in this draft, so they are so cap-strapped right now. Um, it's, I mean, their forwards are taking up almost 60% of their cap space. So, you know, definite loser yeah. in this draft. Not to mention – Dubois was expected to be picked outside of the top five anyway. The, the Jackets could have traded back and probably still got the same guy. So, yeah. you know, to see that, and Edmonton's got to be licking their chops. I mean, Hall, McDavid, and Pugliarvi as a trio is going to be fun to watch, uh, you know, when that when that happens. Um, I got I to gotta talk about Pittsburgh. You know, we are the Stanley Cup champions and did not have a first-round pick because we traded it for Phil Kessel last year, who – did play a major role in us winning the Stanley Cup, so I'm pretty yep. happy with that. Um, but we did select multiple fast, quick scoring defensemen and a goaltender that uh, looks like he has some promise. 
uh, as well. So nice, strong draft. They're sticking with the same game plan that got us the Stanley Cup. Uh, so I'm definitely giving Pittsburgh a thumb up and Columbus uh, two big thumbs down. The only thing is uh, Pittsburgh was trying to move Flurry and they didn't. And uh, Calgary ended up getting Elliott instead, I see, huh? Well, I have a feeling you'll see you'll see Flurry gone when camp rolls around. Yeah, you don't think he's going to play this season? I don't. I, I don't think he'll be in Pittsburgh. I mean, would you? Yeah, if you're him, do you even want to go back? Uh, you know, I mean, if I have the opportunity to start somewhere else, no. But if I'm just going to sit and be a backup somewhere else, um, I might as well stay well, where my family's used to. Well, yeah, but let's look at his credentials. Probably one of the top regular season goaltenders in the league who absolutely just shrinks and disappears when the playoffs roll around. So, you know, anyone out there savvy enough to at least say, hey, if we've got, you know, a good goaltender already, we go out and get this guy dominating in the, you know, regular season, and then maybe we figure out something that works in the postseason like Pittsburgh did last year. Before we, uh, before we change gears and get out of the NHL discussion, one quick question, because I saw this out there probably about an hour before we came on air. And uh, my other team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, coming from New Jersey, I have my teams up there. I have the Yankees, Giants, Knicks, and the Devils. And down here, okay, one of my teams is the good old Orlando Magic. And you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Tampa Bay Rays. And I follow all three of the football teams. So I'm watching my team here, the Devils, do what they do. And now an hour before the show, I see Tampa going to make a trade of Ben Bishop. And I'm like, all right, I'm not crazy about the idea, We, but we can do this. We can trade Bishop and still be good. Kid's injury prone. So I don't mind it too much. For Sharp? For Patrick Sharp? <laughs> I, I'm i sorry. I thought we could do a little bit better than a guy who is, uh, I don't know, what is Sharp, 35? No, he's definitely up there. But Yarmir Yager says that there's no age uh, limit in hockey, apparently. There are, yes, and he also shows one thing, that he's one of the few. Oh, that's true. Patrick Sharp is not Patrick Sharp of 10 years ago. Patrick Sharp is definitely not him, okay? And, yeah, like I said, a solid player. Will he bring some experience? He's, uh, he'll, be, uh, he'll be 35 dur- during this next season. He's 34 currently. Hmm. Do you trade a young goaltender? Now, Bishop is, what, 27, right? So he's, Yeah, he's trade in his young, prime. Yeah, he's in his prime. Do you trade him now? I mean, for somebody that old? A 6'7 goaltender with his you know, credentials. Right. He's 29. It also looks like there wasn't much, of a, which wasn't much of a market for goaltenders be traded either by the looks of things. You know, Pittsburgh can do anything with Flurry. It looks like Tampa took probably with the the best thing they could get for for Bishop. So, you know, maybe the market just wasn't there for the goaltenders. Well, my, yeah, it must not have been because 
all right, I'm thinking about this. Bishop's 29. Bishop's a proven goaltender, okay? Not much different, in my eyes, than Corey Schneider. When the Devils got Corey Schneider, he was 27, and they gave up a seventh overall pick somewhere around there. Yeah. I mean, and meanwhile, you're trying to get Patrick Sharp for Bishop. Wow. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, you know what? I just, I'm not feeling the two teams that I follow. I'm just not feeling it. Sorry. Both teams are disappointing me right now. And on top of it, okay, we've got Stamkos rumors everywhere from here to Kalamazoo. Do you understand Kalamazoo might pick him up? Seriously. Yeah. Everybody I'll out there. Michigan. And here's what the funny part is. Somebody's going to overpay. Somebody's oh, going to overpay big time. He's worth, okay, Tampa's offering him eight and a half. He's worth maybe not, on today's market. This is today's market. He's worth maybe nine, nine and a half. There's already offers out there of 10. And there's people saying that they're going to beat that. So once you go past 10, I want to see how stupid somebody is. Because anything past 10, you're wasting your money. No player It'll right be, now no player right now is worth that. Now, if Columbus had the cap space, I imagine they'd be one of the ones. They're, they're the kind of team that, that's going to overpay for them. I mean, obviously, right now with their cap situation, Columbus can't. But that's the situation of a team that's been desperate for scoring, um, has had a pretty good goaltender, uh, you know, pretty good defense over the years, just doesn't have the offense to get them through the playoffs, that's going to be the type of team that overpays for them. Yeah, and listen, you know, as a Tampa Bay fan, that's one thing that we all learned this past year. This team can win without Stamkos. So, you know, we can save the eight and a half, nine million and, and go ahead and pay some of the guys that are coming up to be uh, – uh, restricted free agents and uh, unrestricted free agents both over the next year and uh, still be fine. You're going to keep a solid core. Don't need to keep Stamkos. Let somebody else go overpay for him. Anyway, folks, that is our NHL coverage for tonight. And as we continue to switch gears and get into another sport, we are going to head into wrestling. We're going to head into the WWE We're going to talk a little about the MFW here on the local indie circuit. We're going to talk about FXE Live, the radio show coming up. But first, before that, I want to go ahead and mention that the MFW is putting on another show July 23rd at the Palmetto Avenue Church in Sanford again. This time, they're asking everyone to come, that when they come, please bring school supplies These are charity events that are going on here at the Palmetto Avenue Church in Sanford, July 23rd. The doors open up at 6. Bell rings. First match is at 7 p.m. Yours truly will be there. Joey Cage will be there. Bill Crude will be there. Geez, the whole gang will be there except for JT because, you know, well, you know, he's up, up, up there where he's, you know. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not part of the wrestling circuit yet. We're we're working on that one too, folks. Um, but no, seriously, folks, 
please come see. You want to have a great night of wrestling, some great laughs, some great wrestling, and you can help out with some school supplies, bring some school supplies with you. They're also going to be raffling off two prize baskets, two nice little prize baskets, and the proceeds from that will also go to the school uh, for school supplies. So please show some support for the schools, for the kids, give them, help them with some supplies. It is the Palm Palmetto Avenue Church in Sanford, July 23rd. Doors open at 6. We will all be there. Come see us, folks. Have a great time. Bring the family. It is, uh, I, I promise you, you come out there once, you'll come out there again uh, without a doubt. Now, what I've done is uh, we're going to bring in Bill Crude. And we are, believe it or not, JT, uh, what we're doing is, is we have pulled a truce. We have we we have pulled the truth wow. in this, yeah. For the greater good, we've done it for the fans. Actually, we haven't done it for each other. Trust me, uh, but we've done it for the fans. Uh, we're gonna have Bill Crude on the show. I'm br- about to bring him in in a minute. And for those of you who missed it last week, myself, Jason Townsend, Bill Crude, Joey Cage. Every Wednesday night, FXE Live, our wrestling show is going to cover everything from WWE to NXT to MFW and more. It's a great wrestling show. Eight to nine o'clock, one hour wrestling show every Wednesday night. Join the four of us. Uh, Crude and I are going to play nice when we're on the show together. Uh, We're going to do the best we can so that we can put on a great show. We'll save our dispute more times than not for in the ring. Uh, that's that's. Uh, I don't know how long that'll last, but we're gonna we're gonna try that. I don't know how you feel, JT. You think that's gonna last? I think it should last I, for a little bit. Two or three, at least two or three minutes. I mean, yeah, it's probably good for at least that amount of time. But knowing you, you'll you'll pick on something. I'm betting you to want. I'm betting you to be the one to break the truth. I'm going to be a good boy. Let's see. Let's see how long we can do this. I'll try to be a good boy. I can't promise. I, I got to be honest. I'll do my best. Anyway, folks, here he comes. I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're going to have to send me home. Because I'm about to whip somebody's ass. That's it. And without further ado, let me bring in a very staticky, I don't know, where are you calling from, Bill Crude? Oh, Jester, good evening. I'm calling from the middle of the bum fucking. You got a pretty mouth, baby. <laughs> you, it's a church, sir. It's a church here. Stop it. <laughs> How are you tonight, Bill? How's everything, brother? I'm awesome. I'm sitting up here in North Florida at, at, at an Irish pub just enjoying the show, man. Good, good, good. Nice. Bill, how's going, and, buddy? Uh, I, I know you wanted to talk, uh, before we get into wrestling, I know you wanted to talk a little about the uh, NBA. Yeah, I just wanted to brag a little bit. Um, JT, baby, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you, Bill. All right, baby. Um, you and I had a conversation before Game 7 and um, tell people what happened, man. 
yeah, I believe you told me that uh, Cleveland was going to win that game by four. All right, and, and what happened? I believe Cleveland won that game by four. Yes, and Triple H paid me off again, baby. I love that place. <laughs> well, it just goes to show that my theory that Vince McMahon actually runs the NBA is, is becoming more and more true on a daily basis. You know, NBA is just as crooked as every other sport out there. We all knew that LeBron James was going to win for Cleveland. Cleveland was way overdue for some kind of championship. Hey, you know, my hat's off to them. Good luck. Sorry for their Indians are going to suck at the playoffs, but that's okay. Well, now, now I do have a question for you while, while you're here, though, Bill, before we make nice. So, yep. what, what, can you let everybody know what your kind of work is? A what? Well, what you what what do you do for a living? What's your line of work? I kick people's ass. You you kick people's ass. You wrestle for a living. So what yes, happened to your I predictions in Money in the Bank? Because I believe that uh, eight 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 was paying me out at the end of uh, the end of that one. Yeah, you got Dean Ambrose right. I got to give you credit, man. But you know what? WWE surprised me, and I think they surprised everybody by putting a strap on him. And I think that's the most awesome thing they ever could have done. All three Shield members have the heavyweight title in one night. That's amazing. In one night. Well, and I mean, I think some of our predictions probably may have been a little different had we have known that somebody was going to uh, fail a, uh, a test there uh, before the show Sunday night. Yeah, that's start the Didn't do well for Roman, did it? No, yeah, it didn't. That, that definitely surprises me. Where is Roman? I'm practicing for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night yeah, at the I, Amway I, Center. Oh, it's just, uh, you make I don't get it. it. I don't, you know, it's well, disappointing. Let me, ask, let, me, let me ask you this, guys. So, are you surprised that they had them both on Raw Monday night and then now both that triple threat that I mentioned? Now, granted, it's going to be a pay-per-view before I said it was going to be, but uh, why not just have Seth Rollins win that outright and send Roman packing for 30 days? I'm a little bit surprised, but um, I think what's best for business is what they did. I really, I think they went over the top finally, and they started getting some people back that they've lost. Um, that was a shock to everybody. Didn't see it coming, but kudos to Dean Ambrose, man. I think he deserves it. Absolutely. I wonder. I wonder what would have been the outcome, okay, uh, had Roman not failed. That drug test. What was the what was the original outcome? Was Ambrose supposed to win that? Was Ambrose you know where where was that whole storyline supposed to go? Uh, it was a good one, but see, I think I think Ambrose kind of let everybody in on that when he said, uh, you know, when when Roman asked him how did it feel to uh, hit uh, you know Rollins with Money in the Bank, you know, briefcase, he said, "Why would if you'd have won, I'd hit you with it." So. Um, you know, I think I think that was a little insight right there. I think either way that was happening. That was what was going to go on. Yeah, yeah I think so. Now, okay, uh, I think it's a small move. now what we've got is uh, on our other picks though. Uh, Baron Baron won over Dolph. Uh, Apollo over Seamus. I mean, exactly. Where is Apollo going? I mean, Bill. You have to feel you you watch this kid. You have to feel that Apollo is pretty talented. What are they going to do with this kid? 
I'm looking for uh, Apollo to take on Rusev and get the U.S. title. Wow. All right. All right. That would be interesting. You you really think that they're going to put put a put a strap on the kid though, huh? Well, soon. Yeah, I think maybe even as possible as the next pay per view. Well, and you're going to have to with uh, you know what Del Rio is out of the picture for a while now. Well. He should yeah. be out of the picture all together, but that's a different story. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, anybody want to make uh, heads or tails of what they're doing to the uh, – you know what? Well, I'll start with Bill. So what are they doing with the uh, tag team division there, the whole tag team there? Are they just making a mess of it? I mean, what are they going to do with Enzo and Cass and, and the New Day and Gallows and Anderson? I understand they'll put the board villains to the side, but – Seems like you got three three good teams that could go for that belt. I think they're going to wait for the split, and you're going to see some teams go to SmackDown, some stay, um, and that'll sure up the tag division a little bit. Because um, you've got some awesome tag teams down in NXT ready to come up. Um, but also with the split, you better look at some old timers coming back. You know, um, I know Vince has reached out to some old WCW guys and some guys that are around 40 years old that's been around a while to uh, come up there because he needs more people. Um, you're going to see familiar faces and new faces, I believe, on this split, and I think the tag team division is going to get stronger real soon. Well, one of the guys that I heard just recently turn them down is Kurt Angle. They were trying to get Kurt Angle to come back, and he uh, recently turned them down. Yeah, for, but yeah. for every art. For everything that says he turned them down, I'm seeing one now that says they've reopened negotiations. So I wonder if it's more just a ploy to get more money. Uh, I think it's more of a ploy to keep the fans on the edge of their seat. Kurt Angle's coming back. And you'll see Kurt Angle probably within the next three to six months back in WWE ring. Well, let me throw something at you two guys real quick. WWE offers Cody Rhodes a Legends contract today? That was stupid. So really? basically, it, it, yeah. So so they are, they're offering Cody Rhodes a Legends contract to not wrestle or make appearances, but just allows them to continue to sell his merchandise. Um, either way, WWE at its finest on that one. That's just to stop uh, him from going to Japan. You can make a lot of money in Japan right now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, not exactly what. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, me personally, I'm more caught up in this. I'm caught up in the idea that you're talking about guys that people don't want to wrestle, po- possibly coming back. You know, Bill, that's one of the things that you had uh, mentioned before is about being able to wrestle against somebody that, you know, you feel comfortable with as well. And you're talking Kurt Angle. You're talking about Bill Goldberg, because I hear rumblings about Goldberg. So they're talking about guys that they're bringing guys back that people don't want to work with. I don't understand. Is the WWE that desperate for the talent now at this point? Are things that bad? Well, with the split and then with, you know, certain people out with injuries and then there's a few others that are due for a drug test that we all know is going to fail. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna need some people. 
No, I will be fine. I I will pass my test. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> here, let me ask you guys one other one here. So, how yeah. fluid was that show backstage Sunday night? Because all the reports that I read said Natalia in the women's division was supposed to turn heel, or Becky Lynch first was going to turn heel on Natalia, and they flipped it during the match. Exactly. I'll bet there was some heat big time back there, but you know, Natalia's going to turn heel and she's going to go with Charlotte. Again, we got the makings of the four horse women coming soon. Um, you can't turn Becky because Becky's loved by too many, but it's about time Natalia turns. She's just like her, her uncle Brett anyway. You know, he, he turned, come back, turn, come back. She'd be better off as a heel anyway. I think so too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, one of the things, uh, Speaking of our one of our favorite heels, uh, I understand you uh, at that July twenty third match that I was telling everybody about. I understand you uh, you're going to be in the ring that night against somebody other than me, correct? Yeah, I'm going to lace them up, put the boots on, and climb back into that ring. Actually, I'm going to be the first match that night uh, against Rico Moon of the Moon World Order. So you're going to have the two leaders of two separate organizations battling it out. Very interesting. I uh, I am predicting a very interesting night that night of uh, a bunch of things that people will not expect. I'm sure the Moon World Order or uh, Mickey Mouse Oreos, whichever one you want to call them, and, and the Crude Alliance and MFW are going to find it to be a very interesting night. Uh, I'm starting to put the promos out there, and uh, I can't wait. I'm looking forward to July 23rd. It's going to be an interesting night, folks, in Florida. If you're in Florida, you like wrestling, make sure you come on out July 23rd, Palmetto Avenue, Church, uh, Stanford. And don't forget, bring those school supplies uh, for the kiddies. Really appreciate that. All right, folks. Also, don't forget, we've mentioned FXP Live. This Saturday, uh, this uh, Wednesday, we'll be going live 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Myself, JT, Bill Crude, and we will bring in the one, the only, uh, Joey Cage. Folks, this is an up-and-coming guy up in the uh, indie circuit here in Florida. It's going to be interesting. Bill uh, Bill went a little bit with him. Uh, he got a little cocky, but uh, Bill uh, ran into Joey Cage. And sure, Joey might not be a joke uh, coming up. Uh, uh, he surprised me for about 10 seconds, and then I whooped his ass like I did you, but that's okay. Yeah, now you see. Okay, now you see I'm glad. Thank you for saying that. And uh, JT, I am relieved of you my duty to be nice, right? You goaded him. Yeah, I did. did. Oh yeah, I felt you know, I felt the detention coming from you the whole time. You goaded him, man. I, I'm sorry. You know why? Because that kid Because Joey couldn't even get out of the bed and breakfast to ha- to get out, man. The next day, come on, man. Joey Cage had you going, and he was dumb enough to celebrate. Anyway, we'll yeah. talk. All right, we're gonna have, we're gonna have an interesting time, folks. I can promise I mean, you. Okay. Too, aren't you? The unexpected will be happening July 23rd. Uh, you can bet well, on yes, that. I'm going to open my playbook, as JT would say. And Jester, 
I got a few other surprises I'm going to tell you about. Uh, there will be there will be a beatdown July 23rd. Other than Rico Moon, there will be another beatdown, buddy. And at this point, you're not on the list. I have somebody else that I'm targeting other than Rico Moon. He's a piece of cake. I'll take care of him in probably 10 seconds like I did the other bed and breakfast kid. Um, but there's somebody else getting going to get a major beatdown. And I'm telling you right now, the playbook's open. Be prepared. Somebody's taking a beat down. Sounds like we all got a bunch of surprises planned for that July 23rd show. Gonna be a good be an interesting night. You got a couple of that you're saying I might have a surprise or two up my sleeve. Gonna be an interesting night, folks. You're not gonna want to miss it. And again, FXC Live. You know, our last topic of the evening, and I'm going to go ahead and put Bill on hold right now because I, I couldn't take screaming over the background. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that he called in, uh, very happy that he called in, uh, but the background noise, I guess the place was picking up now as uh, the night goes on. The background noise, I just couldn't compete with it anymore. I'm sitting here screaming, trying to get it out there. Um, Kate? Misha Tate talking about Ronda Rousey, okay, saying mm-hmm. that yep. she's pretty much calling her out. Uh, leaves me with the two questions of uh, will Rousey return? Will she ever return? And if she does, will she ever dominate again? I mean, I think these are legitimate questions. JT, what are you feeling about Ronda Rousey? Um. Wow, I mean – you look at some of Tate's comments, how she seems awfully pouty about the loss, uh, you know, and things of that nature. And then you listen to, you know, what, how Rousey told Ellen that she was con- contemplated suicide after the lone loss, and she's still grieving. You know, this was a year ago. So either she's playing the best game of possum that I've ever seen in my life, or I don't think mentally she's ready to get back in the ring. Uh, you know, we haven't seen anything for, what, like I said, a little over a year now. And this Tate, uh, you know, Misha Tate, she seems like she's kind of on the upswing. You know, I've seen some some of the you know, highlights of her. She looks like she could be, granted, she's been beaten by Rousey before. But like Tate says, she's coming off of losses and overcame them and is winning now. Whereas, you know, you look at Ronda Rousey, she's coming off one loss and she's still singing over it. So, I just, I, I'm, that's tough. I mean, I I didn't think she was as good as what everybody had made her out to be, but I also didn't think she was this fragile. Holy no, neither cow. did I. Yeah, it, no, I, yeah, I was. She, I kind of figured she'd take this beating and come back, at, uh, you know, rededicated and all that stuff. Everything that you would possibly, you know, you would look for. In a champion, right, right. Reach down, pick, you know, put her, you know, grab her bootstraps and get going. Otherwise, now it just seems like she's hiding in the corner. Unbelievable, Unbelievable. you know, and unbelievable. You might, if you were, if you got a chance to see a tweet that I made earlier today, you know, there's someone in UFC that's talking about doing a little WWE as well. And Paige Van Zant, that's somebody that I really see rocketing up the uh, you know up the ladder soon. That's yes. I think that's going to be something like her and a couple of these other young, you know, young fighters that are going to make Rousey irrelevant at this point. 
Yeah, exactly. Very, very interesting. Some, some great, great fighters, UFC, both men's and women's division. You got some great fighters coming up and we'll be talking about that even more uh, as the, uh, as the shows go on. And as we get the fantasy Jester show back to its uh, original format, as we move wrestling off the show, we've moved wrestling off the show, folks, and we have moved football pretty much off the show. We'll talk about those sports a little bit on here, but we won't concentrate on it as much because now, thanks to FantasyJesterSports.com, we now have three shows we're bringing you. We proudly bring you the Fantasy Jester Show every Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Now we have been bringing you on Thursdays, 7 o'clock to 8 p.m., the Gridiron Guys. And uh, that is starting to gain steam. People are starting to gain, uh, it's starting to get a little bit more attention. Uh, it's our new, one of our newest shows. And uh, it's a fantastic show. That's JT and I do that one. If you like football, you like fantasy football, it is everything you could possibly want on football. Kid Kelly joined us this past week. Great show. We have some fantastic guests at times. We've had former players, NFL players, and we've got some great guests coming up on that show. You don't want to miss that. Every Thursday night, 7 p.m., and now adding the wrestling show, Wednesday nights. I'm excited for this. 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. every Wednesday night, we're going to talk about everything you could possibly want wrestling going to be a fun show we have some interesting guests already lined up i mean from a guest perspective i'm having a feeling okay wrestling show is going to really you know i'm putting the shows against each other i'm having this little competition to see who i can get the best guest at that um we've got some great guests planned for all three shows you definitely don't want to miss fantasyjustersports.com their lineup of shows. Go to the swag page. Don't forget, we've got the swag page where a portion of all proceeds go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Folks, everything Fantasy Jester could possibly bring you, little by little, we are doing so. In the coming month, look for the Fantasy Jester app. We told you that was coming. It's almost here. We've been building it little by little. We told you about the advertisers. They came. We told you about the other shows. They came. We told everything that we've been telling you is coming, is coming, it's coming, it's here. Most of it's here. We still are adding more for all of you, our fans. Now, before we go, I also want to get back. Beginning of the show, I mentioned about Gary Ruat and needing the petition change.org you go on there we need the fda to lower the age limit for gene therapy before it's too late you can type in gary ruat as the name and one of the ones that'll come up is we need the fda to lower the age limit for gene therapy before it's too late 16 year old boy has a couple of months to get the signatures we need some more so he doesn't go permanently blind, contact Amy right after you go on change.org, Gary, G-A-R-Y, Ruot, R-U-O-T. 
If you didn't have a pen and a paper for that, go on all the Gary Rua LHON articles on fantasyjester.com. It'll have a way to get there. Also on GoFundMe. Medical expenses are ridiculous. Let's help these people out. And also get a hold of Amy Wright. Amy W-R-I-G-H-T at the consu- she is the consumer safety officer at the FDA. Next week we'll get an update as to where this all stands. We'll try and get someone from the family to call in. We've got to get that to change for them, folks. Well, it's been a great night. We've gone through a bunch of topics. I am absolutely happy uh, to help the Ruots bring us, uh, my fans, the great show that we're bringing them. Have the guests that we have. Can't do anything else, folks. We bring it all to you. Want to gamble? Go on 888.com, fantasyjusticesports.com. Gambling, apparel, memorabilia, all on the website. Great, great articles. Every sport you can imagine. Now with three radio shows and a Fantasy Jester app for your phone coming down the road. What more will we bring you? What crazy guests? Who's our guest next week? Who's going to be the guest on the wrestling show? Debut show. You know we're bringing somebody. I have been the Fantasy Jester, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Another great night here in Keyland, Florida. I am the Fantasy Jester. I am out. Arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already Mom's spaghetti, he's nervous But on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop bombs But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down The whole crowd goes so loud He opens his mouth but the words won't come out He's choking how? Everybody's choking now The clock's run out